Welcome to the Media Mavens podcast, where you'll hear the most compelling, provocative, and real conversations with industry leaders and innovators in tech, sports, and entertainment with our host and CEO of well-known PR firm, Axis Entertainment, Sarah Miller. But welcome to Media Mavens podcast. Hi. <laughs> it was so funny because I knew you were coming on. Yeah. And I knew he was on and we were running over and I didn't want to cut him off because we were talking some really serious stuff. It was a good conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we'll just bring Shane on and not tell him and see if he recognizes the co-host. That's it was great. funny. That's great. <laughs> it's so good to have you here. Like, honestly, I have loved having all you guys on the show. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Yeah. It, we're, a, we're a fun bunch. Yeah. We were, I don't even know. We talked about fear factor, everything. We were just so funny because we were just talking about I went through the entire Smosh, what Smosh is, but we started talking about like the platform to be funny, to create content. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I was telling Ian, as long as you provoke an emotion, whether it's laughter or crying, you're doing something to disrupt their displacency to get an emotion out of them. So you yeah. know you're doing some right. And then we started pivoting to people who are using social media for all the wrong reasons. Of, I'm an influencer. I'm going to be off stage so I could look and act like I'm somebody I'm not, which we both agreed. No. And then mm-hmm. two people are actually using the platform for good to help inspire and motivate others. That's yeah. where we started in when you came in and crashed our podcast. But I don't know if you crashed ours or if Ian crashed yours. So here we are. It's all good. Yeah. How, how long have you been? Let's talk about let's talk about what's going on with you. You're one of the writers and actors over at Smosh. Yeah, I started back in 2015. My friend who had been in an improv class for years, Noah Grossman, he'd auditioned and got onto Smosh either late 2014 or the beginning of 2015. And I was still in improv class with him. And he told me all about it. And he threw my name out there when they were looking for more people. And so I came in and auditioned and uh, got hired on as well to primarily be on camera talent. They, you know, Ian and Anthony had done it for so long by that point they were doing so much i think there was just there was too much to do amongst two people so they wanted more cast members and i was brought on and over these past 7 years it has evolved to more things so i do write a lot but by this point i have done almost a little bit of everything i produce shows i'm constantly pitching new ideas i'm helping really I, the whole team everyone does wear multiple hats and everyone is free to kind of help out with everything. So I think um, guys, I love that you guys do that because I feel like that inspiration, motivation coming from like your best friends, your family, whether mm-hmm. you're writing, you, you always have somebody to give you that fresh perspective. Did you always want to be an actor and on screen talent, or did you always want to be a writer and adapted to the other side of mm-hmm. the fence with this? Or how did you, where was your, like, what did you want to be when you were older 10 years ago? Well, so I actually started acting when I was about 13. I was in Arizona and... I'm from Arizona. Yeah. From easy? I'm from uh, Phoenix, Phoenix area, Glendale. Oh my God. Okay. Wait. Okay. You went to... Were you raised there high school, college? So I moved there when I was six and I lived there. I moved out here to LA to pursue acting when I was 16 with my mom. But I got into acting there. There was a Phoenix Film Institute. It was an acting class that I was taking with uh, Peter Stelzer and Marla Finn. And you know, I got an agent out in Arizona. I managed very luckily to book a couple projects. And then you know, everyone was like, "You got to go out to LA. That's you know, that's yeah. the next step." And so 
moved out here when I was 16 and started acting then. And I, it's not easy, you know, no one, I don't think anyone has an easy time trying to get yeah. into this industry. But after a couple of years out here of, you know, maybe booking one project here and there, guest star spot, when I was 19, I booked a Disney show. I was on a series called So Random. And that's actually where I met Damien Hawes, who is now here on Smosh as well. But uh, you know, we did that for a year and it was great. I was like, here I am. I'm, I'm a working actor. This is all going to work out. It's on the up yeah. from here. And um, after that show ended, it got canceled after one season. And I found it was tough to get work. And a couple of years went by and I was really struggling. And I was really, really close. I was about to quit acting and look into finishing my bachelor's degree and move on to getting a master's. And then I got the audition for Smosh. And so I'd been acting for a long time. It was actually kind of a strange... It was a sidestep, right? Uh, or Because it was a parallel type of industry. But an industry I didn't know anything about was YouTube. And so hopping into it, I had all my acting knowledge, but YouTube still does have different elements and everything. So it was a big learning curve for me for a while. If you didn't get this... And I love... Because I always think things happen for a reason. If mm -hmm. you weren't going to... If you didn't have this moss job and interview it just happened to be the right time the right place where would you what I mean where else would you have gone like you said you're gonna go back to get your master's what was your second passion if you didn't yeah we joke about it a lot but uh my bachelor's degree which I eventually ended up finishing and we smosh held a graduation for me and it's a, we made a video out of it and everything but uh it was a degree in psychology and I I think it ties in with acting I love psychology I love knowing how people work their behavior I think I would have, in my mind, and maybe it wouldn't have gone this way, but in my mind, I would have loved to pursue being a therapist and talking to people and, and understanding them, helping them through things, helping them understand themselves. But I think in a way, it's not the same. I, it's not real comparison, but I think in a funny. way, I, I kind of do the same thing yeah. now. You know, I make it funny. You can't be funny as a therapist. You just got to listen and be quiet. Sure, and sure. even though you may have the most opportune times to take a shot and right find something in there you can't, can't roast can't roast the client yeah. yeah that's yeah. so funny this i mean give me a question for you because i mean obviously you've been acting and you're on smosh do you think there's pressure i mean not from like friends family if you're at an event or just hanging out with a girlfriend or whatever i mean do you feel like you have to always be funny and always have to have some witty comment or you just kind of like like we talked about this like with Ian, like, you know, actors are so fun. You see them on Saturday Night Live, but then you see all these great actors and funny people, but we put them on a Kimmel or a, you know, late Fallon. They're just so like gun shy. Their, their eyes are diverted. Yeah. They're quiet. Yes. No. It's like, no, but you're funny. I've seen you in movies. Those are good actors. They're not really funny in real life. Then you look at, I think Kevin Hart is actually stupid funny because his personality is always making fun of people and himself even when he's not on front of the camera. So I think there's no pressure there for him to be funny. But do you think, do you feel the pressure to be funny and have to have a funny, witty comment because of what you do? Or do you just naturally just go with the flow? I mean, like, like who are you outside of the cameras rolling? When I'm at work, even off camera, I'm not trying to make people laugh always because I feel it's something I need to do. I truly 
love making people laugh. I'm also known on Smosh for making myself laugh a lot. I laugh at my own jokes a lot of times. Do you ever say out um, loud? Like I always say every now and then, I'm like, oh my God, I crack myself up. Like, and people like, like Sarah, I'm like, well, why aren't you laughing? Because I think it's funny. But yeah. I'm the only one who thought it was funny. No, I mean, I, I do. I like to laugh. And so if I have to make my, myself laugh, I will. I think it's a lot of times whenever I'm saying a joke, I'm envisioning someone else saying it. And that's what's making me laugh. But I think what you're seeing on camera with me, what I'm often trying to do is make the crew laugh. I'm trying to make the cameraman laugh. I'm trying to make anyone who's I think behind the camera laugh. Though. That's like, I think like you're like type A, like type B people are so quiet and reserved, but mm-hmm. they're on when they have those one liners come out. Ian's very, seems very quiet, reserved, like, you know, like, and I talked to Courtney, who I think is absolutely a badass. And, mm-hmm. you know, Daniel, you have no forever. He's on this show, but he just has a good personality in general. But I think a lot, like with you at least, it's personality. People are just always happy, funny. They want to make people laugh, have a good time. Those people, I just think authentically, no matter if they trip or fall just on purpose or on like an accident at the gym, it's just funny because they're good people who don't take life seriously. Yeah. And I'm always trying to find. I'm not saying trip over your shoelaces on purpose. I mean, look, I do trip. It's funny. It is funny. I think it's funny. I think there's humor in everything. And someone who used to work at Smosh, one of my YouTube like inspirations, his name is Joe Beretta. He was on a he had a YouTube channel way back in the day called Bratz and Beretta. But he once told me this was like when I had only been at Smosh for about a year. He was like, anything can be funny. He's yeah. like, as long as you like commit to it 100% and you find the humor in it and you go for it. And I've I really believe in that. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that I don't want to make a joke about. But when it comes to myself and my life and anything going on, I'm always trying to find the humor in it. And so definitely at, at work and, and my personal life, I am always being silly. Are you one of those guys where, you know, when certain comedians, they're just naturally funny just because they're just it is what it is. We all do stupid yeah. shit. And some of us do more stupid stuff than others, <laughs> not on purpose. I had one of those days yesterday that I was telling Ian about. I think he really wanted to laugh. But I don't think he wanted, I think he wanted to be respectful and not laugh out. Sure. It was. But there's comedians who are just funny. They're just, they have enough class and grace and they know where to push boundaries and when to pull back, push forward. And then there's some comedians who we've seen, a few that I don't like that I'm not allowed to mention because I got sure. scooped by Daniel Tibbetts. I've not mentioned names. I dropped it. It was something I like, <laughs> but I didn't care. But were they just, it's sometimes it's funny to make funny people tease them good humor. It's funny, but then they're not prepared to be funny. They keep digging and digging to where that person is literally, it's downright flat out disrespectful. It is downright mean. It's an angry version of you because some yeah. comedians have that style and sometimes they don't know when to pull back where like, but, then I have other comedians that I know and they pull from their everyday life because they're all about making fun of themselves. And no matter if it's a friend or some stupid as a group or family, they bring it in front of the camera because it's still funny in their head and they yeah. use their real life experience. That to me is what makes somebody so authentic that I want to follow and listen to versus the very scripted. I mean, like, is, is there a happy medium or do you pull from scripted or do you really use a lot of your life with your friends and what goes on to bring into the comedy? I definitely pull a lot from my personal life. But what I would say I actually pull from a lot is just my imagination. And I love absurd 
humor. I love things that make as little sense as possible, but just enough sense to laugh at. Did you, um, did you think Ian's thing about guys should pee sitting down because it's cleaner for women? I thought it was funny and he wasn't sure if that was offending. It is funny. I think what was funniest about it was I, I just think, I don't know. It just the entire packaging of that was funny in how absurd it was that we just committed so hard to something so stupid. That is funny to me. And, you know, for me, like jokes like that, any sort of absolutely absurd joke that makes no sense are the jokes that potentially everyone could laugh at. You know, if you are making fun of someone or making fun of a group of people or making fun of just a very specific type of experience, you're limiting who all might find that funny. And sometimes that's okay. And sometimes, you know, certain people, that's their whole thing. I love trying to find the dumbest, silliest, smallest things that we all experience, we all know of. And finding something silly in that is the ultimate. You know, my favorite comedian stand-up is probably Mitch Hedberg. You know, like just standing there for a couple seconds and then just saying, dogs are forever in the push-up position. And that being a joke is so funny to me because I'm like, that's true. That's so silly. It's just dumb. And I anybody think- has a dog knows that it's, it's like cats because I have a little monster cat. Uh, yeah, that that that's totally. <laughs> like, I mean, I find it humorous. It's funny because I feel like a lot of inside jokes we have with our friends are so stupid funny. Mm-hmm. But then I'm realizing our inside jokes need to be our outside jokes because they're they're funny as long as you're yeah you share it. Yeah. And, you know, so we we do a lot of inside jokes on Smosh and people love them, even if they don't understand them, because I think what they love is seeing us laughing with each other and seeing our dynamics together. And I see that a lot on TikTok and things like that, where you don't understand the origin of the joke. You don't understand what it's referencing, but you're seeing how funny it is to these people. And that in itself is funny, or at the very least, it's incredibly well, joyful. It's because laughter is infectious so like at the beginning there was some of those skiing snowboard ones where the lifts actually broken people were hanging and falling and it was like that song oh no oh no and i'm like oh my god this is horrible but then i started laughing halfway through because this isn't horrible it's pretty damn funny and i I mean funny not funny at the moment for them but there's just some things that you hate them and are just so funny at someone else's expense, but you're not laughing at them. You're laughing sure. with everybody laughing with them. And I think that's where, you know, people are so afraid to laugh. At least over the past two or three years with COVID being in LA, people are just so afraid to laugh and make a joke. because they don't want to be offensive, but you, you got to be able to laugh. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's it's always important to find humor where we can. And it has been tough. But there are, you know, there's so many things in life. And that, like I said, there's there's so many small everyday things that we can all continue to laugh at. And I, I think we should always be trying to find those things. And, and just, you know, for me, that's what makes life worth living is the silliness of it all. I often think I'm like in a perfect world, life would just be silly. That's what it is at its peak. And, you know, so I, I don't know. That's I'm I'm always going to be searching for those. Wait, um, wait, so like you're also a writer mm-hmm. and everything. Do you like writing more than the acting and producing? Which one of these three? Are Ooh, that's tough. I you know. Oh, I like, okay, let me ask you this then: Which one of these three actually inspires you the most? Like every day. Mm, interesting. Okay, or answer both. I didn't know which. No, I you know with acting, it's something that it does come 
far more naturally to me at this point since I've done it for so long. So there is a flow that I can get into when I get in front of the camera and I just start going off and just being nuts. Or if I'm in a character, I'm not really actively thinking. And it's it feels like a roller coaster. I will say that writing and producing feel a little more rewarding because it doesn't come as naturally to me and I have to put a lot more conscious effort into it. So there is something that I get out of those that I don't get from acting because acting is kind of in the moment. And once it's done, it's just kind of in the past. And I'm not going, oh, that I'm not thinking much about it anymore. Writing and, and producing, I, I get to kind of look back and I feel a little more proud of those videos. And I, I get to go, wow, I really worked hard on that. And that wasn't easy. And I had to really work through some problems in my head and I figured it out. And going forward, I, you know, I don't know. I, acting is a tough one because it is such a you're never sure how long it's going to last or if you can keep it going, you know, acting. But, if is... you, but, but you're also improving through stuff because you're just knowing oh, it's be funny. But I, it, it's the writing and producing, I mean, with that, I feel it's, I mean, obviously sometimes people write to get out their feelings and get through stuff. But I feel like you could change the narrative. You could control the narrative more, obviously, when you're writing or producing to get that outcome you've been striving to get through all the efforts does that make sense? I mean, is that what makes yeah. it a little bit more, I guess, I would, more strategic in nature for people? Interesting. You know, in a weird way at Smosh, and I think this is true for the whole industry, with acting, I sometimes feel like I have more control because once they yell action and you start going, that's whatever you're doing is what we have, right? Unless that we're doing multiple takes. And in a lot of our videos with improv and, and whatever, we kind of just roll and that's it. So it's a little bit closer to theater than it is to film in that regard where, Hey, whatever I'm saying now is what it is. So my choices here are final. Whereas when we write, you're never writing anything completely on your own. You are collaborating with other people. It's going to go through edits. It has to get approved by people. And so writing feels far less in control for me but I actually kind of love that. It, it's more of a team effort. And it's yeah. it really is fun to collaborate with people and to come up with an even better joke. I mean, just earlier today, this is kind of where those collide. We are currently working on... I don't know if you've heard of... I'm sure you've heard about... We have this funeral series that we do where one of our we cast members... We roast each other. Yeah. We roast each other. And so earlier today, I was working on my roast for Ian. And uh, oh, I was getting... Oh, that's a good one. I was getting some help from our writers and it's it's so satisfying. It's satisfying to come up with a great joke, but I actually think it's even more satisfying to come up with a great joke with someone where you're bouncing off each other. Wait, if I would have known that, we could have kept him on the show longer and dug in deeper. Oh, it's okay. I can't, I haven't done it yet. He doesn't know what I'm working on. So, but it's so fun and our writers are great. So writing with them is a lot of fun. Should we like kind of take the bottom of his feet away and build it with sand and seashells? He's afraid of the deep. Oh, that's funny. We should just submerge him in a in a dark pool with a yeah. life, life raft and a yeah, 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 yeah. We can. We'll see if It'll that's a flashlight. Enough. He'll figure it out. Yeah, but I'm very excited for it. And so I, I heard that was one of your guys. Like every I heard that is one of the most funniest and your guys is everybody's favorite thing is these roasts. It's really great, and I mean it's it's not just a roast. It, it really is an opportunity for us to just kind of do something that we think is going to mean something to that person or make them laugh. It often ends up being a roast, but not always. Mine this time is definitely a bit of a roast, but it, it has a bunch of elements where I'm just being a silly character. But those videos are truly 
some of the most fun that I've had on the channel because they're hilarious, but they also feel very um, rewarding. And when we did Rhett and Link's funeral recently, they said something like it. It feels kind of it feels like a boost, like a like a like your your confidence is built up by it. That if all these people feel comfortable roasting you, it means they res- there's a respect there. Yeah. And so this funeral series videos have really, I feel like, brought us closer in a strange way. We always say, and I don't know this is just from some stupid movies and comedies I've seen, that people are like sometimes, no, no, keep going. I wonder what people are going to say about me when I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have enough respect for someone to be completely honest with them. And they, and it's also the respect to know that they're tough enough to hear that joke. I would be very, very bummed if people were afraid to make fun of me. I would be like, oh, that means you think I can't handle it. Yeah. They know I can handle it. I self-deprecating humor is my favorite thing. Well, if if they they make fun of you in a good way and you're okay with that, like you said, it's also a like, okay, that's somebody truly ethically who's not judging me. They're not making yeah. me judging. It's somebody who's honest because it's funny. Like I have a really good friend of mine who's actually one of my official co-hosts that's on Meet and Mavens. And there's certain stupid things we've done. Jesus, like we don't mention that ever again. Ever <laughs> that, again. that will never be mentioned. And I'm cracking up because, you know, she, she'll be on, Margie DeHay will be on our um, panel with you guys when we wrap this series. And sometimes like, we don't mention of that day. Sometimes it kind of comes out. We need to mention what you don't want to mention. because it was so stupid. And if you can't sit there and get to the point with your friends where it's not judgmental, I was right there with you. You got to laugh at it. You got to question if anybody's going to be insulted or offended on certain. And I know some things people don't ever tell anybody my age or don't tell anybody I did plastic. So I guess some things are personal or just personal, but 99% of everything is just life. You got to be able to laugh through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And you know what's really great about roasts and 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 videos like that is after all of it, after everyone, I mean, when we did mine, I was like, man, everyone came up and made fun of me for all these random things or made fun of different aspects of me. And despite all of that, they're all very close friends and they all they're all here for me. And I'm like, that's there's something so great about that of like, oh, any of my insecurities, well, it doesn't matter. They're pointing out these things that I might be insecure about, and yet they don't care. No, because they're going to give and you a big hug, goodbye, because, hey, love you, I'll see you tomorrow, let's go get... Your... Yeah, you know they're... Yeah, really it's true. like, oh, I don't need to worry about that anymore, yeah. because we're pointing it out, we're addressing it, and we're going, hey, it doesn't matter. Because we all um, have flaws, and we're all... Just yeah, we all, we're all imperfect, out. and our imperfections are what make us human. Perfect! I always say it's the imperfections that make you perfect. Yeah. Perfect imperfections. A perfect person is not interesting. Yeah. I mean, straight up. Or the ones that try to act like, like we talked about, I have to be an influencer and always wear white and act and do a certain angle of photos like you, but it's not even close to who no. you are. And not you interesting. You're not yeah. four, you're not like 14 trying to be grow into who you are. You're in your 30s, you're an adult, you have a job, you're not who you're portraying. Then it just comes off as you're just trying to be somebody fake. Like right. imperfections are perfect. And um, people yeah. fall in love with imperfections because they think they're perfect. Perceptions, mm-hmm. reality. And the next question, being a comedian and you were an actor and, and amazing talent and family and friends you have at Smosh. Do you sometimes find it hard to get through a scene without losing your shit and keeping a straight face to make the other person deliver their life because you're just ready to bust it up? Laughing? I'm I am known for laughing too much. 
I have a very hard time getting through anything without laughing. And I've gotten better about it. But you know, there's a lot of times where I honestly, I'm I'm very happy that I'm laughing out loud at stuff or I'm cracking up or I'm at least cracking a smile because it is funny. And I, you know, I, that's why I do, I love this job is because it's making me laugh all day. I am probably hands down the worst when it comes to that. I rarely make it through takes. That is my reputation for sure is I'm going to laugh the most. So Uh, you guys are very like, you're not like self-critical. You're just, when you make mistakes, you make mistakes. I mean, like I love when I'm trying to tell somebody a joke and I'm not thinking it through and I actually tell them the punchline is part of the joke versus give them the joke and then deliver. I'm just like, what the hell? Whatever. It was just funny no matter how you said it, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's just such stupid stuff out there. What, like, is there a person, is a comedian or like, what is inspiring you to keep going on a daily basis to do what you do without having to try? Like, it's like you're making an effort to be funny because you're obviously an amazingly talented guy, good guy, funny, outgoing. But like, what really inspires you to keep going every day? I think I'm, I'm inspired by the idea of like, I really want to keep building this thing and building it with these other people and finding kind of thinking creatively in the big picture of like, what's the thing that nobody's done on YouTube? And how do we do that? What's the funnier project we can come up with that's going to surprise everyone and make everyone laugh? And it's tough. It's not It's not always easy. But that is a more of the goal that kind of that I kind of keep focusing on. I want to keep going towards. But on a day to day basis, what I think keeps bringing me back is truly that it it's unlike any other job I know that I could ever have where I'm like, my job is to go to this place and make people laugh. And also, I get to laugh in the process. And that's what I want to do in general, even in my personal life. So for that to be my job to get paid for that is crazy. Do you want to be like eventually a stand up comic go back into like comedy acting or I think comedy acting is definitely something I still in fact do that I've been lucky enough to I've had a recurring role on an ABC show for the past few years which show the Goldbergs oh my gosh yeah <laughs> I used to love that okay so like, I haven't watched this past season I mean COVID just threw everything off and right it's all good code. but wait you've been on the Goldbergs like mm-hmm. for the past few years since season three and we're about to start season 10. Wait, okay. My character is Matt Bradley. I'm part of Barry's like crew, the JT. Barry's crew. I was going to say cute little blonde brother. Oh yeah. You're thinking of Um, Adam. Adam. Uh, I was thinking of an older version of Adam. I can see the blonde hair. Yeah, everything. Oh my God. You want to Barry? We got Barry's boot camp crew. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. Was it odd? Like, growing up on TV publicly? Well, you know, what's funny is when I started on Goldberg's, I was probably 24 or 25. So like my character has grown up. My character was in high school, despite the fact that I was, you know, had been out of high school for six or seven years. So, but it's, it's wild to have been on the show for so long. Um, I mean, that's, I've also been on that show for, for about the same amount of time as Smosh. But it's been cool. And it, it's, you know, since I've been doing Smosh and Goldbergs at the same time, I, I kind of sometimes look back and go, oh, my God, I've been doing this TV show for six years. That's crazy. That was my goal when I moved out here to pursue acting. It's and like I, you just landed like your biggest like, double down in your dream job every day was no longer a job. Exactly. I mean, 
it's interesting that I booked the job that I was waiting for after I'd already, it kind of in my mind quit when I went to do Smosh yeah. and go, okay, I'm going to, I'm, I'm done with on with TV and film acting. I'm going to go do this YouTube thing. I'm going to see how this works out. And then a year after that, I, I booked the dream job and That's I've been so doing awesome. both now and it's kept me very busy and it's, it's been a lot of fun. So yeah, I, I mean, so I'll be continuing to do that, but I would love to keep doing comedic acting. I stand up is something that scares the crap out of me. And I actually don't think I'd be that good at it. We've done a couple videos where we kind of try to do a stand-up situation. And it's really not my my forte. I'm not good at the setting up of a joke myself. I think I am at my funniest when I have other people that I can bounce off of. you feed off the energy of others. You feed off the inertia, the velocity of just the dynamics is what really... Helps. It just that's just what powers up all the happiness and sunshine. Absolutely. I don't yeah. think I do. I don't think I'm that funny by myself. I think I need other. Well, people. you're probably funny when you're just right people, but like being on stage with everybody looking at you because you do have to rely on mostly writers to the timing and delivery. You have to know the room, and um, I do think like that fear fact. That's the fear factor of like. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, if I'm not funny, I have nobody to rely on to pick me up who has my back to make me funny because I'm like out of my own island. So it, yeah. I, I think that's a lot of comedians, but there's a lot of really good stand up comedians who just have no fear. And I think right. uh, I'm so impressed by them. I mean, it's a completely, it takes a certain kind of, of mindset that I'm just, I do not have. I'm so, too so, so my favorite, and the reason why this is weird that I brought this up because I was just out of the country. I was in Peru and you know, you're in Peru, you're whatever's on TV. Right. And mm-hmm. we ended up stumbling across late night Seinfeld. And I'm like, after all of those seasons, I feel like I've never seen this season. I never saw this episode. So we started getting sucked into it two, three nights in a row. And I always thought Jerry Seinfeld was so funny on stage. Now, I don't know if it's scripted. I don't know if he's just made to be on stage, but I'm after watching Seinfeld, don't ask me how I'm watching Seinfeld late at night in Peru, but I feel like, okay, well, that's a, like the OG. That's a really good stand-up comedian. He's holding his own. But then again, like you said, you never know if this is all the writers behind him. He's just acting. If he's really like, that's him. He yeah. loves being funny and with the mic in his hand. I don't know why I find him funny all of a sudden again, because I just think I just started watching him. I mean, that show is incredible. But do you know how many but... actors and actresses made like like I didn't think Larry David made it, Elaine made it, George Cassette. That set a lot of funny people careers up all from Seinfeld, except for Kramer. I heard Kramer didn't have a really good ending. Yeah. Yeah. That was literally a plain conversation. So <laughs> like, what happened to Kramer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there's nothing like when you assemble a great crew of people. Yeah. And it, it they can bounce off each other. I mean, but I also do think Jerry Seinfeld was great on his own. I yeah. mean, I just love seeing the success stories of like, when you think back, Larry Davis, some of these actors, that was their first break. And I love seeing like, it really comes down to like you said, community, friends, chemistry, bouncing off each other and seeing that growth after the show ends. Those people's mm-hmm. talent and love for acting and comedy never ended because the show ended. I love watching yeah. those kind of situations. Yeah. No, I mean, that's super, super great. And I mean, I certainly hope that's a similar situation to us at Smosh. Obviously, we're still going strong as a team and I don't see that 
stopping anytime soon. But if or when someday that does happen, I think all the talent and hard work that we have on this channel, I could see everyone going off and doing something big in their own way. Collaborating um, with each other after, yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely, that'll be happening no matter what. Awesome! It, it was um, so good having you on the show or on Ian's show as well as your own. Thank you. Thank We're gonna have you. to show a little bit of code credits to Ian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It was so good. I know you guys have. I know we're gonna. This is gonna run post, but you guys have your first live recording coming up. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh. Smosh under the influence. I've never been drunk on camera doing comedy before. So I hope we're drunk or drunk, drunk or acting drunk. Oh, I'm actually going to be drinking. Beer Uh, was your choice of booze. You know, uh, I was having this conversation earlier today. I feel like tequila is the smart choice if I don't overdo it. But I feel like if I drink beer, I'm going to start feeling really sick and bloated and stuff. It's a tough dilemma because the show is going to be about two hours. So I'm like, what do I drink? That I can kind of feel good. Tequila's, tequila's the pretty drink, the to be pretty and feel pretty. But the secret is when you're like, holy shit, I got another hour or two, and I'm starting to get that good buzz. But I got to keep drinking. <laughs> is to then have a bottle of beer. So you do the shot carefully, spit it back into your bottle. So Smart. you're not coming out spitting it out, but you're still keeping the buzz. So when you need to drink it, have a shot. If you're like, I need to drink the shot, but holy shit, I'm getting twisted. I don't want to fall, like literally fall and then can't get up. Just spit it into like the, when you swig a long neck, spit it back into that. Just make sure nobody wow. picks up that and drinks your beer. Cause that would be funny, but not for them. Wow. That is, that right? is a smart move. I've never heard that before. That I like my, that. That is my funny advice for you. It's not funny, <laughs> but it would be if somebody picked up your bottles on a drink in the back. Yeah, it's like, this is but tequila. In that's what beer. you need to do. Well, if you don't want that to happen, pick a beer nobody's going to want to pick up like Budweiser. That's right. how you get two hours of tequila drinking. Okay. All right. Well, look, I might be doing that. I will happily give you the credit of that brilliance if anybody asks, how did you keep standing looking so good after half a bottle of tequila straight <laughs> up? Now, you know, chased it with the beer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Spit it exactly. back in. It was the Corona that that helped. That helped. <laughs> that, that, that's my that's that's my good advice for you to get through the live show. <laughs> let me know if that works out too. For okay, you. I will. I will let you know. Found comedy advice. That was so awesome, Shane. For anybody who wants to reach out to you, where's a good place to find you? Twitter, TikTok. I I'm all over the place. IMDb. Um, IMDb. Yes, my IMDb is killing it right now. But yeah, and of course, Smosh. That's where I'm doing all my all my stuff. So uh, they need to tune into Smosh for serious yes. funny. And then are you on the seasons Goldbergs coming up? Yeah. All yes, or? yes, I will be. I'm actively on the show. So um, September, wait, just correct me. September is when all the, the new season starts. Or are we starting new season over the summer? Oh, the new season will probably start in September or October. Okay. I, I, that's around then. Yeah. So keep an eye out. Who's a Goldberg fan? Yes. On September, we're going to look for you and Barry's crew. That's right. Oh my God. Good luck with the live show and the drinking. Thank you Um, so much. So good having you on. And looking forward to staying in touch with you guys. Great. Well, thank you. Thanks so much, Shane. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Media Mavens podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or want to download past episodes, Be sure to subscribe to the Media Mavens podcast on your favorite podcast provider. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, please visit MediaMavensPodcast.com. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.